Today I'll be having a conversation with a really wonderful friend of mine, Kathleen Ingle. Kathleen's an actress here in LA, and she offers a really unique perspective on what it feels like to be getting older in an industry that's not always kind to women of a certain age. But she also has a really inspiring story about finding love after 50. But I'll let her tell you about that. Growing old disgracefully. Welcome everyone to Growing Old Disgracefully. One of my dearest friends, Kathleen, is here, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with her because we've had variations on this many, many times, but now we get to do it, and you could hear it. (laughs) So I'm going to welcome uh, Kathleen. Welcome, Kathleen. Thanks so much for doing this. Tell me a little bit about what when you came to Los Angeles. Did you grow up here, or did you? No, I I didn't grow up here. I moved here when I was 21, and... uh, I'd always wanted to be an actress ever since I was a little girl. I knew that was what I wanted to do. And I was always very creative and, you know, writing things in church plays and music and singing and creating stories and just all kinds of stuff. And I'd always known I wanted to move here. And uh, so when I um, finished college, I moved out here. And I had a, an older brother, wonderful, wonderful guy, David Uh, David Oliver is my older brother, and um, I moved out here, and I moved in with him, and uh, so that started my journey. I was lucky that I already knew somebody here. Yeah, and your brother was a pretty successful actor. He really was. He he's unfortunately he passed away. Uh, He passed away from AIDS uh, many years ago, but if he hadn't, everybody that's listening right now would know his name because he was a really talented. You know, he could act and sing and dance and just a beautiful soul and just a very beautiful human being physically too. And people were just, people were drawn to him. So in the, he died when he was 30. And in that amount of time, he already had a wonderful career. And a lot of his contemporaries and friends are extremely famous now. You know, he was on a TV series with Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm. They played husband and wife. They were dear friends. Just a lot of his contemporaries and friends are very successful. And he was so when I moved out here, I was around that with him. All of a sudden, there were all these incredible, creative people around. It was it was heady. It was wild. And when you were younger, too, didn't you work for Carrie for Carrie Fisher? I did. I worked for Carrie Fisher for a few years as a as a personal assistant. I worked for someone else with someone else that also worked for her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, for a few years, and that was, I mean. It was just wild. Someone, a dear friend, said, have you ever thought of doing assistant work? And I was like, sure, why not? I'll try it. And I ended up working, you know, I, I'm walking into Carrie Fisher's house like a couple of days later. And wow. and there were some other incredible people that we worked with, too. And I was just like, I can't, in fact, one of the first things I did was to help throw Carrie Fisher's baby's baby shower. And I'm calling people like Diane Sawyer to invite them to the shower. And I'm like, this is like surreal to me. They just wow. came from Arizona. You know? So weird because I only met Carrie probably three or four times because when I was working with Debbie, they weren't really right. speaking a yeah, lot yeah, at yeah. the time. So, um, so you knew her you know, far, far, far better than, well, I didn't know her. <laughs> right, right. She, she was a really interesting person. Um, she was really unpredictable and extremely brilliant. And I, I have to say... She's one of the few people I've ever met in my life where I had no idea what was going to come out of her mouth next because she was 
so outside the box with her thinking that you really didn't know what she was going to say next, mm. you know, but she was uh, super creative. And one of the things that I did as her assistant, which I never thought about until later, um, she writes, she would write uh, her books longhand on a yellow legal pad. You know, she didn't use computers or anything like that for her writing. She wrote long, longhand on a yellow pad. And then when she had, you know, enough of them together, she would have me take them to her transcriber. So I would take these yellow pads, put them in my car and drive to this lady. And it's only occurred to me years later that I had the only copies in existence of her book. Oh, my God. There was no backup because it was a yellow legal pad. And I thought, oh, my God, thank God nothing ever happened. You know what I mean? I'm glad I didn't realize the pressure, you know, I'm but it's like it's wild to kind of feel like a little bit of part of history with some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they were they were showbiz royalty. Certainly. Mm -hmm. So what was it like when you first came in, you first started auditioning and what was that like? Um, you know, it was it was kind of it was exciting and wonderful. And it was also a little scary and intimidating because I was this, you know, this nice girl from Arizona who moved here. And I was very fortunate that I had a brother who had a lot of experience. He was already established here. He had a wonderful teacher and he took me to meet her, Janet Alhanti, who just passed away in January. And she became my teacher, mentor, dear friend for mm. decades. Incredible. And so he brought me to her and he said, don't even waste your time with anybody else. He brought me right to her. And she was extraordinary and just sort of taught me how to become more confident and more authentically myself. Because, you know, at that young age and being in this town, it was like, I mean, I, I'm seeing people that, you know, I'm, my brother brings me to a party at Don Henley's house and I'm looking around and it's like Carrie Fisher, Jack Nicholson, Bette Midler. I go to use the bathroom and Albert Brooks is coming out of the bathroom, you know, and you're like, you go at Carrie's house, I go, I'm coming out of the bathroom and Barbara Streisand's waiting to go in. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh my God, like that's very heady for someone that, you know, mm -hmm. just grew up somewhere else. And so it was great because I just got to see these people as people, but it was kind of surreal at times. And, but aside from that part of it, just, it was a little intimidating to go into offices and try to like be myself fully in an audition. Like I, I did audition and I did well, mm -hmm. but I wasn't as confident when I was younger. You know, it was a little more intimidating to me, the city. Isn't that weird sometimes, I think? I would love to have this mindset only be 22. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it was really funny. Janet, the my teacher, used to say, you know, it really takes an actress of 35. She goes, you can't really play Juliet until you're 35 because it takes until you're that old to not even care what anybody thinks about you and to just really go for it. You yeah. know, she would just say, like, that's the gift of, and the irony of this town is that, they don't always appreciate age, and yet age gives us this freedom and this fearlessness that, you know, I wish I had in that 21-year-old body, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's so funny because as an artist myself, I find that I'm able to do things, and because I sing, of course, we're both singers, interpreting a lyric and just understanding things that I never understood in my 20s. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That you just sort of, you go, oh, I wish I could take this level of knowledge to that yeah. person. That's the only good thing about some of the things that we go through that are even tragic. You know, we, you and I have talked about this before. I mean, like losing people close to us and going through great difficulties, like even this time now with COVID, mm -hmm. you know, the only good thing is it makes us even more compassionate and more aware as an artist. Like you can bring even more to yeah. it. 
I know when I was, because I was coaching for a while, I know a lot of times I would say, what does this lyric mean to you? What does this mean? Because a lot of times they're just trying to go for the notes. And I'm like, no, no, what's the lyric mean? Yeah. I mean, what's, what, did, what does a song mean to you? Exactly. What and is it no about? no one really taught me that. I had to work with people that showed me right. when I was working, but I was never taught that. I was just taught, you know, learn a song, make sure you sing it. Yes. You know, yes. Give it a little bit of, you know, what do you want to call it? bravado or splash yeah but no one ever told me about that yeah i had to learn it from people or watching people and go right oh it's really interesting you just made me think of two things one is when i was in college um i was in the choir which was a wonderful experience because there were 80 of us Mm -hmm. and it really gave me an opportunity to strengthen my voice even more without all the focus just being on me Mm -hmm. so it was really great but our choir director used to say he was an extraordinary man and he before we even started to sing a song he would say Let's look at the song. What's it about? What's it about? And he would say, because remember, you can get all the notes right and still not make music. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so true. And and Janet, my acting teacher, was the same way. If you brought a piece in, there were times I'd bring a song into class just to work on. And she'd say, before you even start singing it, read the lyrics to me. I want to know what it's about. Before you make choices and set things in your head that are hard to reverse, tell me what it's about. Same yeah. thing, but you're right. Not a lot of people talk about that. Not a lot of people talk about it. my my acting teachers. Well, I've, you know, that was always sort of a separate thing. But mm-hmm. as far as like uh, with singing, no, no one ever said that to yeah. me. Yeah, I just had to. I had to find out. Right. I found out a lot of times because I went to see, you know, especially working with Debbie at the time, she would take you to see people, Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra, people I wasn't really too aware of. Right. And she would say. You know, learn from the greats before they die. So I would, you'd go and see their shows and, and you saw them live and you were like, oh. Right. Okay. <laughs> right, 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 right. They're doing something that I'm not doing and I, you sort of get a chance to sort of see, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think the same thing we were talking about, about as you get older, you, you get more seasoned and you get more fearless. And I think when you see these incredible older performers who've been around forever, they even, you know, like Debbie, they're like, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. This is what I'm doing. And yeah. it's breathtaking to watch in person. Well, I'll be honest. I don't think I've gotten more fearless. I've gotten more fearful. <laughs> well, it depends. Listen, it's easier in a way. I'm sure it's mixed, but it's easier for them when the world is like, you're amazing. And here's a big check, too, you know. So, you know, but yeah. <laughs> So tell me, was there an age where you started to feel like I'm not young anymore? Well, you know, what's funny. It's like, you know, I was thinking about that. I remember like doing shows where I'd be the ingenue, you know, like Mm -hmm. a play or something. I'm Emily in our town or I'm, you know, these different. I was the the young lead in, in a lot of stage stuff. And then all of a sudden and when I moved here, too, it was uh they actually wanted older people. Like I was too young for things when I was going up on them. There were a lot of shows with older that were centered around older people and they really wanted that. And I was like, wow, okay. And then when those shows stopped, everybody wanted young and now I was older. It was like a really weird, I felt like I just missed, it was like I'm playing double Dutch and I just couldn't jump in at the right time or something. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was, it was weird. But, um, yeah, I just remember you when you see the the breakdowns changing or the thing that your agent wants to send you up on is not the ingenue anymore or it's not the young, you know, it's 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 something else. It's more of a 
a character part or something. And that's not a bad thing. At first, but at first you're like, hey, man, I still feel young and I feel like I look pretty good. What's going on? I I noticed that I was 24, 25. And um, just because I, when I got out of school, I was I, they would send me up for high school parts. Or, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, about 24, 25, that sort of stopped. I either right. didn't get cast in those or after a while, they just didn't send me out for those. I, I started getting young adult roles but you know that still when you're not getting high school kids anymore that's, right it's a shock to the system absolutely it was like, so even at what 25 i'm i started worrying about it i started getting more uh i started getting paranoid around 25 because i'm right. like oh right right <laughs> when's the gravy train gonna end <laughs> right <laughs> right right <laughs> i know you know it's funny i remember um years ago few uh, i don't know several years ago on my birthday i thought Oh, I was staying at a friend's place, house sitting, and they had a copy of, I think it was Searching for Deborah Winger, that documentary. Mm. And I thought, oh, yes, I'm going to watch that. That's a great thing to do on my birthday as I'm getting older. How empowering. And I watched that documentary. I was like, this is so depressing. Like you had phenomenal actresses, phenomenal women that I revere going, I can't get a job. I can't get a job. And I was like, what? I was so depressed after watching Rosanna Arquette was talking about that. yes. Really amazing people going like, hey, I'm struggling trying to get. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, if they can't get it and they're already famous, if they're being like discriminated against for their age and they're already established, what does that mean for me? Yeah, it's so weird because you feel sometimes like, oh, you feel you feel badly or you feel guilty that, that, oh, I shouldn't be so concerned about this. But it does come down to dollars and cents. Right. A lot of times. Yeah. And that's so you you kind of have to. Yeah, I think. I think it's weird as as an actor and a singer or an artist performer, you are the product. So it's different than a lot of other people's business. When you go in a room, they're scrutinizing you as the product, but you're also the human being with the feelings attached to being the product. And it's it's really interesting when you sit in a room and you see people kind of take you apart. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a very strange feeling that most people don't go through. Most people don't have to see or hear those things about themselves unless you're, uh, an artist. I think, and and that's what I love about artists because I think artists, they're fragile, but they're also have this inner deep coil of, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Exactly. You're not going to tell me who I am. You're not going to break me. Exactly. This isn't going to break me. Exactly. Yeah. Because I think... It comes from somewhere else in us. It comes from somewhere much greater and comes through us. And so like when we know, like I was saying, as a child, I knew this is what I was supposed to do. So that's coming from somewhere else. And then when you run up against, you know, the 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 things that try to stop you, you're kind of like, this isn't, wait a minute, what is this about? You don't understand. I'm, I'm hearing something from somewhere bigger than this telling me I'm supposed to be doing this. So mm-hmm. you need to get out of my way, yeah. <laughs> you know? I would say if I if there's anything that's changed for me is that I do feel like there's some higher calling to what I do now. Yes. And absolutely. when I was younger, I always thought it was kind of just a selfish look at me thing. But now I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, there's something much bigger behind that. Exactly. Um, so I, if I would say that the thing that age has given me, it's a greater appreciation of the gifts and the mission. Yes. That I think I didn't have. Before. Yes. I think it's interesting when I was younger, I didn't think it was going to be this hard to become as successful as I wanted to be Mm. and to 
you know, make a wonderful living at it and all that. I mean, I've been doing art all along, but I thought it would be a much easier thing. And now I can, now, you know, you kind of stop and go, it's been challenging, but I still know I need to make art mm. in order to live the kind of joyful life that I want to live. So whatever the circumstances, I need to make art. So it's something shifts in us and you realize that it, it is important. It's from somewhere else and it's important. And it's not ego to say that. I don't think it's ego. Yeah. As I used to, you know, I think it's actually ego to not acknowledge it. Mm, right. Or ego to think it's just all you. Or just, yeah, that's all you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, you know. Right. That, oh, it's just, and it's not. Right. Though I think as artists, we have a certain, um, it's what's the uh it's just it's just tougher you have to be a you have to be more aware of the exterior mm -hmm. even when you don't want to have to be aware of it it's just it yeah. just comes with the territory absolutely so i want to talk about your dating thing because we've known each other for about <laughs> eight years yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and you certainly saw me go through the dating thing I, so. <laughs> I, I did and you know at the at the time you were there was a couple of guys that that, mm -hmm. that you were interested in that that were just weren't up to I thought weren't they weren't really good enough for you <laughs> god bless you <laughs> you're a good friend <laughs> hmm. but I love what you did because and so tell me a little bit about it I you you you, you became pretty fearless you know about finding yeah I I mean it was a nice balance of I think what happened is there was a time where I had to just sort of step away from dating mm -hmm. and kind of just, you know, reassess my life and get my equilibrium and stuff. And I did. And then there reached a point where it kind of hurt not to be in a wonderful relationship. And I thought, well, you know, I don't think that I'm supposed to be in this world on my own. I think I want to express that part of myself mm -hmm. that you can only express in a couple, you know. And so I... I just, something shifted in me and I became willing to take contrary actions and be vulnerable and to do things that made me uncomfortable that I wasn't willing to do before, like online dating, like I told you about, I'd never done that before. It seemed very impersonal and non-organic and I was like, I am never doing that. And of course, <clears throat> that's how I met my boyfriend. <laughs> right. So tell me, though, weren't there a couple of, uh, the first, you know... <laughs> What do you mean? Like, oh, like the first, like dating other yes. people. Oh, oh, absolutely. And what, what happened is I kind of had to just be willing to be uncomfortable. And also, I think it's really important. Like when I created a profile online, I, it was sort of like a friend of mine had mentioned it. And when I heard her, I just thought, you're supposed to do this. And it was the first time I was ever willing. And I went to just kind of peek at the site she mentioned and all of a sudden I'm on the site and then they're like, oh, so-and-so is looking at you. I'm like, I don't even have a profile. What? So I created it very quickly that mm -hmm. night. I was like, I guess I better put up a picture. And I didn't know what picture. And I just, you know, trusted intuition and did it. And then I wrote and I said, oh, my God, I have to write something. So I just wrote what was true without being too, you know, I really had done some work on myself and reassessing my life. And I thought, I don't want to bring anything to this new person that is not theirs to deal with. Mm. I just want to come fresh Good. to them, you know. So I wrote stuff that was very true, that mattered to me. But the energy around it was good and clear and light and hopeful. You know, it wasn't like, you better not do this. And you better, you know, you see people doing that. So anyway, 
um, all of a sudden people were reaching out to me and I was like, oh my, like it's a weird feeling to have strangers going that you're not seeing in person or you don't know. Right. Going, hey, you know, do you want to spend time with me? And I was like, oh my God, this is so weird. But I just constantly was like, okay, okay, let me just trust. Let me trust. And let me just try to make the right choice. And I did. I said yes to some people. And I was I was nervous. It was a weird feeling to go sit down and have a meal with someone I'd never met before who was interested in dating me. It was so strange to me. But I just tried to see it as don't put pressure on this to be the guy. Just this is the process. Mm -hmm. Just show up and meet him and just see. And there were some very nice guys that I went out with a few times. And then it just wasn't quite right. But they were very nice. But I realized later they prepared me for the one who then, I think he was like the fourth one I went out with, mm -hmm. who became my boyfriend. And it was quite clear from the beginning um, that it was just, it was, it felt so effortless. It was incredible. It was incredible. And I, you know, when you're older, you don't necessarily expect that to happen. You think, oh, there's going to be baggage or there's going to be whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, on my part, on their part, uh, you know. I think at that age, we, we kind of look at our deficits and we think they're going to get in the way instead of the same thing. Like, hey, we're older, but we're still trying to take care of ourselves and we're hopeful, creative people. And, you know, someone might be interested in that, <laughs> you know. Well, because but I, I do remember there were there was like a couple of just really wonky dates that I remember thinking, wow, that would just have set me back. But you just kept going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there were there were some there definitely were some. Um, and. I just, yeah, and honestly, there was a moment when I met my boyfriend now, just before I met him, I almost left the dating site because I was so frustrated because it had just been kind of like a, an intense experience with someone I'd gone out with a couple of times. And I thought, I don't know if I can do this. And I almost pulled my profile. And that night he wrote to me. I remember when you were thinking about that. And I, I think I'd said, just Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we had talked about it. See, and that's the thing is I had a few good friends like you that I would talk about it with so that I could then make good choices and not because the thing is, it's real easy to do that. Well, I'm just going to take my toys and go home. I don't like this. I don't like mm -hmm. this. I'm very uncomfortable. This isn't working out and just leave. And it's like, but when I talk to someone like you, I could talk through it and then be like, OK, I'm just uncomfortable because of what's going on. I don't need to bring that to him. This is not his thing to deal with. Right. So it didn't get in the way of me meeting this man who is now the love of my life. <laughs> it's it's so inspiring. <laughs> well, because, you know, because, you know, after a certain age, you kind of think, oh, it's too late. Or, right. No. Yeah. And, and I told you, you've heard some of this, but he said to me early on in our dating, he turns to me and he says, um, I would really like to pursue you. Are you OK with that? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, living in Los Angeles, dating was such a bizarre experience sometimes that it was so refreshing to have someone that I was interested in that I got and got me go. I want you and I want to check. Are you good with that? And I was like, heck, yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. So that was uh, and he he was like he was a man. He was ready. You know, he was looking for the last love of his life. You know, he was ready. He wanted to put the effort in. Well, as again, I think that's so inspiring that you just you follow it through. You went through the the discomfort. A lot of times when we when we went a bolt, you just kept going. There's a lot of discomfort, and it seems like there's a lot of discomfort in that and in other things. Even as an artist, there's always like now I've learned through talking through with friends like you 
to separate what's a discomfort like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. This isn't a good thing. Or this is just different. You're uncomfortable, but it's really a good thing to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to ask you um, on a slightly different, different subject. Have yeah. you felt then the pressures to get um, any augmentations done? I'm, and I mean, Botox or plastic surgery or mm. Do you know, it's interesting. I have not ever had anything done and I look, I've been told I look very youthful for my age. Um, so, and I'm. Because let's face, most people would look at you and think that you had a little something done because you do look a lot younger. Right. A lot younger. <laughs> it was very funny. I went to, I went to a high school reunion and because I'm from LA, they were all staring at me like, and I go, no, I haven't had anything done just because I live in LA. You know, I go, but you know, I get to sleep. I don't have any kids. So I actually sleep at night, you know, but, um. But no, I'm kind of at that age where I'm like, oh, I guess this is when you start thinking about it. You know uh, what I mean? Like I see little wrinkles and lines and I, I haven't done anything, but I'm kind of looking at that and going, hmm, how, how would you feel about that? And and whatever I if I decide to do it or not is is OK and great. But I also think there's something so beautiful. I love seeing women as well who haven't done anything and are just sensual and love themselves. And actresses, I'm drawn to a lot of foreign films. Mm-hmm. And you see, you know, like a lot of British, French, just European films. And the women are gorgeous and and they have, I don't know if you call it flawed, but things about them that make them very human and wrinkles and things. But they're stunning and they're just glowing, you know. So I'm more drawn that way. And maybe because of the kind of parts I would play or a little more character anyway, I don't think I have to. But Believe me, I think about it because I'm like, I always joke. I'm like, I wish I knew what I looked like when I was 21 because I would have used it more. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you look at your old picture and go, wow, what? that was amazing I at, the, know, right? at the, the time. The one thing is, though, I said to a friend, because you always look back at pictures and you go, oh, my God, I looked good then. Why didn't I know it? I said, but then that means if we look at a picture of ourselves 10 years from now, we're going to look at a picture of ourselves now and go, I look pretty good. So it's like, we should enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. But there is, there is a, a pressure and a feeling. And I notice things different about my body. Definitely. Listen, I've had plastic surgery, so I'm not going to. Right. I, um, but I do think it goes too far sometimes. Right. You know, I, right. With, well, I, I will say mostly more with women, but I think the pressures yeah. are so much more intense for women. Yeah. 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 But I also see it with men. You know, oh, definitely. This like, this town is so out of tough. skew with, I mean, and yes, in a way it's like, yes, it's part of our package and who we are. But then again, I think we could use more, more reality and grace and beauty. And I think I would just love to see if I got it or if anybody that gets it is doing it out of, it makes them feel better and they feel like self-love by doing it. Not yeah. like, oh, I'm old and I'm nothing unless I do this and this town's going to treat me like crap unless I do this. Yeah. That's that's just awful. And I get it. But that's, uh, I think anything we do can be a loving thing or a cruel thing, depending on our motives, you know? Yeah. Um, now, I haven't had anything. I haven't, usually I get like Botox every mm-hmm. You look months. great, by the way. I haven't had any Botox this year, by the way. Well, you look great. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> You look great. Too chicken to go to the doctors. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, uh, oh, of course, with everything going on. Yeah, oh yeah. So I'm just like, please. I just like you're just gonna frown a lot. Right. Uh, <laughs> you look great. <laughs> Thank you. I, well, I've, 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 I've been. Yeah, I've, I've, 
I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate. Plus, I, but I, I, but you work hard too and take care of yourself. I work hard at it. Well, Kathleen, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Oh, it was fun. It's, I love it because it's just like our phone conversations or something, but it's like, (laughs) it's like, oh, we have microphones and and now it's official. (laughs) I love it. You know what? It's just so great. I mean, it's so great to share with a friend like you and we, we have our tribe and we get through things. Mm -hmm. Things can be a little challenging and crazy in this town at times. And you need your people that ground you. I was at a screening once of a movie Robert Duvall was in and somebody said, how do you, what do you recommend for actors to, to succeed? And he said, you've got to have your tribe. You've got to have a tribe of people that believe in you and you believe in them and you help each other. He's like, that's the only way to get through things in this town. And I I believe it. And it's taken me years, but I have my tribe. I think that's, it's everything, isn't it? Yeah. Because I don't think you realize that when you're young, you have friends. And as you get older, you don't have as many friends. Right. You had the people that you do have. It's more, it's a more intense. Yes. Yes. Because you know, you know, you kind of need each other more. Absolutely. My, my teacher, Janet, would say, you're going to see as your life goes on, your world is going to get smaller, but it's going to be purer. The people around you, oh it's God, going to be purer. That's I've never. That's perfect. And I was just thinking about that day. I was like, she was right. Yeah. You when know? I was younger, I had you had. Oh yeah. Fifty acquaintances. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. I have fifteen. Right. But they're much more. Yeah, you can call in the middle of the night. You can call them and, and go. Oh, I'm having this. You know. Yes. Or, or in tears, as I've been from time to time. Um, um, one thing I wanted to say, we've talked about this before, but I heard someone once say the most healing, powerful words in the human language are me too. And when we get to have our conversations and we're there for each other, it's that me too. You know, you can't feel bad about things that are difficult here if somebody else is like, oh yeah, I know me too. Oh. You know, that's you're, it. You're not alone. There's nothing more yeah. powerful than that, is there? Absolutely. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for doing this, for being on my podcast. It's Thank um, you for having me. It's exciting. All right. Well, and so we're going to sign off now. Thank you very much for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. I want to thank Kathleen for being on my podcast this week. You know, it's people and friends like Kathleen that remind me that um, discomfort doesn't mean something is wrong. It simply means it's uncomfortable. And as I've gotten older, I found that a lot of times I, I didn't have quite the same ability to walk through discomfort as I did when I was younger. But it's friends like Kathleen that remind me that I absolutely can. I just can't do it by myself. I need friends. What I like to call your posse. And so what you're hearing are these phone calls or conversations are just conversations with my posse. I'm betting they're the same conversations you're probably having with yours. So... Join me next time on Growing Old Disgracefully. Bye-bye. Growing Old Disgracefully.